Hey, welcome back to Talkin' Pigskin. As you can tell, I'm not exactly enthused to be talking pigskin right now. Oh, week seven, a lot's happened. Week seven is done and in the books, and it was not a good weekend for either one of our uh, of us today uh, and any other fan of the Jaguars or the Cowboys. Uh, but in very different ways, though. It's disappointing in extremely different ways, and trust me, we will get into it. Very much so. I'd almost rather be is potentially distraught as you are rather than having an out like being able to blame a ref for some nonsense because being able to taste it and just being so close yeah and almost i would almost say that an opportunity was squandered for first place in the division well 100 percent. so that that's that's the biggest kicker is aside from being 0-4 on the road you're you're 0-1 on the road in divisional games against like, not the best. Like, I understand what you know you're what saying, I mean. Like, it, wise and if I'm gonna lose a road game in the yeah. division, it better be against the Eagles. To a quality team, yeah, I understand. That's However, the one I can accept. Washington but is beginning to the develop their identity. Four and two now. So, and, it's, and AP had a hundred yard game. I know I was wrong. He had ninety nine yards, but that's a hundred yard game. So. That's one thing that you will realize as you continue to listen to this podcast is that. Never going to hide from some, from something that either one of us were wrong about. I mean, up until this point of the season, it was a one-off, one-on type of uh, pattern that he had for uh, performance-wise. So I, continu- I I chose to continue with the trend, and and it uh, didn't pan out that way. He looked a hell of a lot better than, than Zeke did. I mean, But let's carry on with the recap and uh, with Dallas and Washington. I... I thought that Dallas looked good. There was an element of, of consistency to their game, but however, too little, too late towards the end. Well, yeah, too little, too late. Um, if you watch some of the all twenty-two that's been floating around on online since Monday, uh, there's just continued evidence that this quarterback is gun shy uh, when it comes to anticipating the receiver being open and letting it fly when it's one-on-one coverage and he's got two steps on him and then instead you're gonna scramble left and then try to do some sort of pirouette move and then fumble into the end zone and give up seven like it was absurd that was another touchdown to Gallup if he lets it fly let's give credit where credit's due so so that first touchdown to Gallup is a 49 yard touchdown and it's great rope and he's wide open though so let's give credit where it's due well that was was, one of the few times pitch and catch it, it was, but it, it was, I'd say it was more about the perfect route and them setting up that corner. Uh, at, up until that point in the game, Gallup hadn't really run, he had, they hadn't stretched the field to that extent. So when you're, when you got corners, there, there's probably some sort of communication to the sideline saying, hey, these guys are sitting at the top of the routes and then crashing. Uh, I think I can get this guy on a, on a good, like, mm-hmm. get a pump and give me some time, and I'll get over the top. And sure enough, it happens. So Dak Prescott, 22 for 35, 273. Those are numbers of a quarterback that wants to throw the football. Likewise, yeah, that, the... l- likewise. now, Ezekiel Elliott touching the ball 15 times for 33 yards. Zeke had a tough day, man. You know what? I think that Zeke is a lot more banged up than the team has been letting on to. Was it a game plan and a scheme? Because Dak threw the ball. I don't want to take anything away five times. I don't want to take anything away from the Redskins' defense. Right. I think that the Cowboys were forced. See the 
That those D-line stats, that's good. where numbers lie. Mm-hmm. Is they were trailing. After that that fumble in the end zone, they were down 10. Mm-hmm. So they're not running the ball anymore for that entire fourth quarter. It's throw, 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 throw. Yep. And then especially on the last drive, he I think he had three runs in a row where he picked up an additional 30 yards. So even the rushing yards that he added in there, those are skewed, in my opinion. Because it was it, a lot of it was late where the the yardage accrued wasn't it didn't do any da- like they they missed the kick. I gotta ask you a question. Do you have any issue with the play calling in Dallas? Hundred okay, that's what I was I was waiting for you to set it up. Um That's what fifty two seconds left and you run two plays. Like Romo said it best I was on the just game. Cast. Say it, you took the words out of my mouth. When when there was the injured player stop time and then it was eleven seconds left on the clock and Romo's saying, You need to clock it right here. Because as soon as they go up and decide, and Romo says, oh, they're going to run a play here. The defense can do whatever they want. They can all-out blitz, and they don't have time to change the protection because the clock is running from the whistle, not from the snap, right? So they have no chance to, to change anything, so they're locked into that bullshit run. They run it down to three seconds, and now you're... It was Jason Garrett being a pussy. You're playing to, for the tie rather than playing to win. Look, think about Aaron Rodgers two weeks ago on Monday night. How there was six was seconds left on yep. the clock, and he's going to the the sideline going, one more. How aggressive was one that play One more. Yeah. Yep. And now, it wasn't there, and he's smart enough to get rid of it with, oh, gee, three seconds left. I agree. Now, there's a different quality in Green Bay, and there's a different level 100%. of confidence in Green Bay. What I will say is it's it's an inconsistency from, Jace, from Jason Garrett that is too safe, yes. and it's not comfortable. Typically, you stay safe. To maintain some semblance of comfort, but how can Zeke touch the ball fifteen times? Well, he touched H- the ball fifteen times because they were stuffing it early, and and it's the same old Cowboys offense well, running on it on sec- first and ten. Hold on a second now, if they put eight in the box, you flare him to the outside, and he becomes a wide receiver. And when have you seen that this season? What I'm trying to say to you is, is that game against the Lions, he had over two hundred scrimmage yards. He's incredible. Right. Okay, he's a receiver. Play him as one. It's. Isn't it funny? Welcome to my world, friend. Isn't Fair. it funny how week to week we're seeing the Mississippi State packages inserted in there where we're using Dak's legs and, and then all of a Dak Prescott, and then yeah. all of a sudden we're reverting back to okay, now let's work on this. Remember the question you asked me last week? Mm. Is he progressing as a pocket passer? Well, I said you can't you can't do an evaluation on that because I don't want to see that. I want to see what he's good at. Not what I'm supposed to be about. That's what the offseason's for. We're past that at this point. You want to see the best product on the field, whatever he is the best capable of producing, run that offense. Yeah, because he's to me, he's an athlete playing quarterback. He's not a quarterback. I agree. He's an athlete playing quarterback. So let him go be an athlete out there. Let him use those intangibles of the leadership qualities, the the gutsiness, the, the, the frame that he has, like... You know what I mean? Let him let him go out there and just rumble with the big because no one wants to tackle him come third fourth quarter. No corner coming up off the edge wants to tackle that's Dak Prescott. No, we didn't talk much about the defense, but Dallas's defense I'm I'm beginning to realize is relatively underrated. You you would be it would be great to see a safety get drafted or signed in free agency. We know about Earl Thomas. We where's talked Carl about jo- Earl Thomas. Where's Carl Joseph? Now, Oakland's, Just released off hey, IR. Hey, 
John Gruden is basically a Costco so employee right now. It's a fire sale. John Gruden is selling everything wholesale. The right Cardinals, now, okay? the Giants, and the Raiders are in a race to last place. They're I, all trying to sell as many assets as possible so that they can tank. I, it's an NBA tank for those three teams. I don't even like to think that way because it's 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 bad psychology from a team dynamic standpoint. I, I don't know who right? I stole that thought from, but I definitely did see that on Twitter Well, today. no plagiarizing, but <laughs> good thoughts all around. Some of them aren't always original. Shout out to whoever tweeted that if you're listening. <laughs> I don't remember who did, but so it is true, but it's very true. that It's a fire sale. Like, How do you get rid of Snacks Harrison for a fifth-round pick? I know we're all over the place, but... And I understand that Eli Apple getting shipped over to New Orleans. And I mean, it's almost like Patrick Peterson saying that he wants out of Arizona. He wanted to go to New Orleans, and then New Orleans takes Eli Apple, and now Patrick Peterson is saying he's a part of the future in Arizona. They weren't taking a fifth for Pat... uh. No, but (laughs) for a talent like that, you wouldn't flirt a number two, a number three? Ah. Oof. He's he's top he's top seven in, in at, at at corner. It's funny because you uh, you, you kind of you kind of dangled that in the text the other day, and I was like, I'm cool with Cheeto, but really, I take Cheeto as like just added depth and put, at the nickel. Holy Hannah, your man package with Byron Jones, Patrick Peterson, that, I don't know and she's oh, either way that we're going off yeah. on a tangent here. Let's go back to the recap because the Thursday night game I was. Think it, Oh, oh, we're, we're so we're off Dallas, Washington. Well, I mean, hey, nine minutes. Okay, you, I hear you. Can I we just, come back? We can no, come back. I, 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 I want to. <laughs> I'm good on it. I just want. We can talk about the refs, but that's an armchair GM question. So. Well, I'm not going to talk about the refs because that's low hanging fruit. You can talk about the refs any given week. That was. It is kind of weird how there's re- multiple reports coming out now that Jay Gruden tipped the refs off to be looking oh, for a certain something. I don't know and about told that. Told his told his teammates. The only or as players, the only way that the, it gets called is if it's more than fourth and five, so we can not give up a potential first down, and you have to jump. All that I know is long snappers touch the football in the exact same way. Ball never that, left that the guy. The, hey, long snappers fondle the football in the same way that that gentleman did. And at the end of the day, I do not see how any referee in his right mind makes that call. Okay, now quick side question: Are we gonna see on every field goal attempt from more, from more than fourth and five? Guys jumping off sides now as soon as the center starts finessing the ball to try and work the referees to do the so same far as to get put, that to, call to put the I don't think foot so. Why not? I don't. I don't think so because the referees are they've probably already got an email from the yes. NFL division stipulating precisely what to look for, and if you don't see it, don't throw the flag. Because a 42-yard field goal turned into a 52-yard field goal that hit the upright. Yeah. And it was 47 t- turned to 52. Excuse me, it's a five-yard penalty. Yeah. Pardon me. Yeah. F- five-yard penalty. 47 to a uh, 52. So you go from the 28-yard line to the 33. That is literally all the difference in the world yeah. when it comes to a, a clutch kick. I hear you. Um, so That's all. Uh, okay. Can, so <laughs> I mean, uh, the defense didn't look overly that great. Adrian Peterson had a day that I didn't expect. But they didn't get lit up. I don't know. They only if gave up thirteen was, points, and I don't know on if the road an, an in a divisional game. Yeah, as far as 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 throwing. The, Dak yeah. handed them seven. I know on, so, on the goal line. Yeah, as right? far as that turnover goes, I just feel like the defense in they Dallas still could have won. I feel like the defense in Dallas is sneaky good. That's what's infuriating, bro. But I also feel like the run game in Washington is sneaky good because AP has he, man, he's got a he's got a, he's got a chip on his shoulder. That's incredible. Running After game, t- running game, Moses to quote Brian Broaddus, Bill uh, Callahan, man, that's what he calls him. Running game, Moses, and the zone run schemes is Aaron. I miss it. Is Adrian Peterson's bread and butter? The technique. It's what put him in the hall, and it's what 
is yeah. making him look great in Washington. The technique that the Dallas O line is playing with right now is atrocious. Their o- their new O line coach Paul Alexander looks like they- he's ruined them. And coincidentally, the team that he left, Cincinnati, acquired Dallas's ex O line coach, and they look fantastic. So it's that's just infuriating to me. But moving on to the Jags in Houston, oh, another divisional we're game. Rip, we're going right to the we're shits. Rip do we need, that wound, do we need eh? to like? No, we, no, no. I'm not going to need that much time because it's absolutely disappointing, and I don't need. My heart doesn't need that stress. But, but it's it's stress. So Cody stress. Kessler so throws just, the just, only touchdown in the game. bloodstream a little bit so he fumbles the, he fumbles twice gets no help from his receivers and has an offensive line that looks bro not even fresh swiss cheese like i'm talking like science project moldy swiss cheese that's been in the freezer for about i don't know why he it's almost like that te- that defense had a defensive meeting and said let's uh let's make sacrifice for the greater good of the team and let's uh Let's prove our point. I don't know about that, but, but I'm not ready to talk about Yannick and Dockway losing his mind and having to be restrained in the locker room a- afterwards. And I think his well, frustration... Why is the media's coming in, too? So, whoa, it's almost like a couple guys want the media to come in. That, but, okay, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Because, and again, I'm not in Jacksonville. I'm not a beat reporter. Yeah. But I, I've played many sports in my life, and I've been in locker rooms, and I can kind of read in between the lines of what guys are saying. And, and when Jalen Ramsey all of a sudden makes it impossible not to read between the lines with his post-game press conference, that was a whole lot different than the one in Dallas. So what's different, up. what's different between what Jalen Ramsey said right now and what Odell Beckham said a few weeks ago when he had well, that Odell ESPN. Beckham did it with Lil Wayne beside him. <laughs> so a press run for the Carter Five. But my argument is, <laughs> but my argument is, is that when you throw shade or... You let get listen when you let skeletons out of your closet publicly. It is it is the same kind of poison and the same kind of toxic. Okay, okay. I don't know what he's trying and to you accomplish. You know what you just did, my friend. What's that? You just had to compare the Jacksonville Jaguars to the, to the New York Giants. Oh, I compared one a football player to another. You're talking about how it can be damaging to the team and the product that those two squads have put out over the past three weeks have been eerily similar. When one of my best defensive Inept players, offense. when oh. defense with players up and down on paper, but no play, no heart, no communication, the last no three drive, weeks, the last nothing. three weeks, yes, the first four weeks, very similar problems, very similar problems. I'm That's not scary. I'm not there yet because there's far too much quality that we're discussing about in Northern Florida. What I will talk about is got to be worried with the Eagles coming to town. Uh, well, just being real. Well, I I'm mean, glad I got a bye week. Listen, they're both going across the pond to London, which is practically a Jacksonville home game because Shad Khan's association with 
yeah. English Premier League. Right. Not that that helps the offense. That's not that that helps the, the team deal with jet lag either when they're already dealing with this three-game losing streak. you made the argument with uh, Tennessee and the Los Angeles Chargers last week as well. And the teams did look jet-lagged, although, side note, Phillip Rivers looks like the old Phillip Rivers. He looked great, and you know what I mean? But, and he almost suffered a loss if, if Vrabel looks that's like a genius with that. You know what I mean? Jackson, I like that call, to be honest. I, I don't, and there's a few reasons for it, but just finishing the thought on Jacksonville and Philadelphia in yeah. London, I'm concerned about any amount of continuity, and I use the word consistency probably too much because it can mean a lot of things and it can become redundant. But there has been zero consistency on the offense, and now that has bled into the defense. Yes. And it is so apparent, and I don't know why. Bouye so, looks like burnt toast out there. Oh, <laughs> he's been out of position more times in the last seven games than he was for. Uh, we we played eighteen games, including the playoffs last year for eighteen games. He looks like Byron Maxwell did for the Eagles four oh, years ago. That's too far. And I'm gonna say he's not the awesome one in a Philadelphia Eagles jersey. All that I'm trying to say to you is that it's apparent that the offensive instability has transitioned into, into the defense. The and I don't understand Yannick and Dockway being held back because he's so angry, other than to say, I'm out here bleeding and performing with every ounce I have. Okay. Is everybody else doing the same thing? Now, how do you feel about Doug Marone's comments today on Wednesday? So, a coach has to give everybody the best opportunity to win, right? So he starts Blake Bortles and he says, I want to give this team... He gives this team... The best opportunity to win. I I'm I'm there for it without that comment. If you go to the podium today and and say, and say it, it's almost like you on, do have to prove it. Well, no, just say, well, guys, no, Blake's our Blake's our starting quarterback. Uh, Instead is, of saying is, he's better is, than Cody Kessler, no, 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 just is he the first quarterback to ever been pulled and then start the following week? What am I doing? That's groundbreaking here, guys. He made it a story. By saying, I got to give the guys the best chance to win. Blake's my starter this week. Come on, buddy. Fucking get your head out of your ass. That's what it, a little slap on the ass and fucking let's go. I love that's when, a That's a face mask grab with a, with a stern arm without actually having to do it while putting it through the media. I love how we don't discuss things before the podcast and then we it's just fresh. And, and I just think about it because I completely agree with you and that makes me think that he had a, some semblance of doubt in his mind or he might have had a meeting with both of them and said we're going with Blake yeah but Cody no, that's what he you said might right need to is, stay that, ready. is that they had the, the three of them had a little powwow or whatever yeah. and I don't know if I but I don't half the shit that I that's reported it's nowadays, all PR I, yeah you know what I mean it's all massaged yeah. and yeah before it's, it's all released you know what yeah. I mean but like there's there's genuine concern there is genuine concern, and I know Jalen Ramsey talks a lot. He's very talented, as he should. But what he said last week startled me. And the news that Yannick Ndokwe had to be held back by Calais Campbell because he's so frustrated and so upset. I, And we haven't even talked about Leonard Fournette's hamstring injury. We haven't even said anything about how okay. he's the only person who's saying, I'm not ready to go. And everybody around him is looking at him, thinking... Do you not want to play hurt, or are you injured? Mm. So they signed Carlos Hyde for a fifth-round pick, which is a great steal because I think he's a very yeah, able-bodied human being. It's a good trade. But I'm not looking at Leonard Fournette and thinking, 
If I'm in a foxhole, let, let, let's go to war. Yeah. So I don't know what to think, man. I don't. Uh, that's a good. I like that that analogy. That's uh, because that's what it is in a in a NFL season. Everybody's it's, hurt, man. You're strapped in. That's you, you know what I mean with your family for your 17 weeks and hopefully more. And that's your blood. When you got like when you see the guys that are playing through injury, yeah. And you never want to like again. I don't want to question his. And we we can't strength. do that any more than anybody else can. We can't question that but, anymore. It is, and, and soft tissue injuries, you said it last week with the hammies, the groins, uh, etc. They're funny, man. They're weird. Yeah, they're they are. They're so funny. And they're very easy to tweak and then extend and they always it even linger. further. So they, they always that linger. could have happened, and it's yeah. not reported. Yeah. And, you he's know a what quiet I mean? guy. He doesn't say much. He's not all over the place. It's, <sighs> it's, it, I like the, like you, you mentioned the hide move. I like it better than signing Jamal Charles. Yeah. Um, well, he was a Band-Aid. I'm hoping that Carlos on a Hyde... Bullet, on a bullet wound. Oh, I mean, let's not go there. I mean, he's not... Furness not on the IR, but... No, I just mean your team's the bullet wound right now. Oh, no. It's... Uh, it's... They're not trending upward. No. They had... they had And the Philly game is going to be a tough one. In the power oh, on both sides of the ball. Because Carson Wentz, what can't he do? He can make every throw... Anywhere behind the line of scrimmage. Wherever he is, he can make every throw. It, it's, mentioning Carson Wentz, I just instantly think of... It was like, that loss last week, they were up 17 nothing on the road. 21 or, points sorry, at, home, at home. At home, 21 points in the fourth quarter of Carolina Panthers. Carolina, and then, Perfect segue into that game. Perfect segue. Yeah, and Perfect. just reflecting for me for the division-wise, like I'm already chalking up an Atlanta win in my mind, and I'm going... These are the best kind of weeks when we win and the other three lose. And then instead it's now the Redskins with a game and a half. But to, fo- to stay locked in on these Eagles-Panthers, it was uh, I, picked, I picked the Panthers. <sighs> I did it confidently, straight up just to win. Never mind take the points. You better believe I had them with the points. Mm-hmm. And when I saw 17 nothing mid-third, I was I was uh, not, not shocked. But... Um, more so trying to quickly evaluate who this Carolina team is. Like I have no idea who Cam Newton is. I've said on air that he is an elite quarterback, and he goes 25 for 39, 269, two touchdowns, and he's clean. Seven rushes, 49 yards, no touchdowns. He's playing very that's, well. That's all he should have to do for that team to win because the defense is good enough. Christian um, McCaffrey, what can he uh, do? That line, line side, that, run that offensive line seems to be settling in together and gelling a little bit because that's now two fairly impressive road wins for them. Where not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where going into it, like kind of that's the hinging point. Like, can I trust this team to perform on the road yeah. in the fourth quarter? And then that fourth quarter happens, and it's like, well. I couldn't pinpoint. Like I tried to rewatch it on the sped up version, and I like, it's hard to pinpoint something on with that because mm-hmm. you're not hearing the, the the crowd shifts as much in mm-hmm. between the, the the dead spots. But I just couldn't see a decisive tipping point where it was like, oh yeah, this team believes they're gonna come back to get the stop here, and they think they're gonna score again. And you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just I don't know. Philly just kind of like played not to lose. But I mean, in that game. McCaffrey touches the ball, so s- seven attempts on the ground and six catches. So thirteen touches, and it's a pretty evenly distributed 
game insofar as the offense is concerned. I mean, Greg Olson didn't get in until the very end, and it was a huge catch to put him up. Yeah. For a, a touchdown. Good play so, call. That's fourth down, too. Right? So if you look at, I'm not saying that it's a complete offense, but if, if they can win like this against one of the better teams in the NFC. That's interesting. We are, might have something to talk about. As are far, the as, Eagles as far one as of the killing. top teams in the NFC? If they're not the, one of the top four teams, I'd like to know who. Top four. Rams. Okay. Saints. Yep. Minnesota. Minnesota. And you might get an argument between some that Chicago could be that four. Uh, not for me. Not yet, though. The, the, the Philadelphia won the Super ago, Bowl two last week, year. Two weeks ago, someone might have said that. I hear three and three versus three and four. Okay. Uh, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm literally like, speak, just processing. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. argue Washington? No. <laughs> I'm not, again, I am not arguing that. No. But. Okay. And that's about it. I have no idea how. Is Atlanta better than the defense. Eagles? N- no. Not this year. Not right now. Atlanta's defense is decimated. I understand. They that. they are like Roman punishment decimated. <laughs> like they have lost more bodies. It's 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 difficult. That defense has not been really. There can't be any consistency when your quality defenders aren't playing. So if Desmond Trufant is your leading tackler in a game against the Giants playing cornerback, there might be an issue. Behind him is a guy named Devontre. Campbell. Behind him, Sherrod Niesman. Behind him, DeMonte Kazee. These are the guys on defense that are leading statistically. So I'm just trying to express how Atlanta is in no way, shape, or form better than Philadelphia, based exclusively on that side of the football. I, uh, that wasn't necessarily me point-blank period asking. Uh, I'm wondering... If there's a chance. Is Carolina the, that fourth team that's better than Philadelphia? Like, are they the better team... Or, did, were, on or were they the better, just the better team on Sunday? But they weren't for three quarters. So that's why I'm. That's why it's. A, I think it's a valid uh, differentiation. It's to, unique. Like, it can be made because they're very, very similar in so far as where you would situ- where you would situate them mm-hmm. in a conference ranking conversation. Carolina and Philadelphia. So they go head to head, and Philadelphia leads through three quarters, and then Carolina seems to. I don't know if they figured it out figured out the Philadelphia defensive scheme yeah. or if Philadelphia took its foot off the, the pedal because how often do we hear about that killer instinct and an offense needing to have that shut down when you lead any team because if you let any team stick around on any given Sunday you'll mm-hmm. lose um, are you feeling that heat? yeah it's warm actually it like, cool. like for real for real well, yeah I can feel okay, it underneath. no metaphorically this podcast is so good I feel ah, the heat of it that's hilarious <laughs> is Philadelphia feeling the heat there's no hot seat conversation because their game against Jacksonville on Sunday they should win it handily there there should be more Philadelphia fans north of the pond that's the first time I've got a non biased answer about your team yeah Because you were stuck on what you knew from last year, which is very easy to do. All is not well in Denmark, friend. Okay. All right. There's a little Shakespearean reference. Yeah, I like it. So the issues are deep routed, okay, and they are long. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like. Well, hopefully you keep your streak of up to four weeks in a row of picking your key, Brog, then. Because I want to see the Eagles fall to three at five. Listen. And I want to see panic set in because 
trade deadline's right around the corner, and apparently they missed out on Amari Cooper. If I'm Philadelphia's defense, I am licking my chops at going up against an offense that has been anemic the last three weeks, that has done absolutely I nothing. Up, I picked up Fletcher Cox in fantasy. I mean... <laughs> If I'm the defensive coordinator, I send eight guys every play until Blake Bortles can throw Perfect. the ball farther than five yards past the line of scrimmage. But you know what? Enough about Philadelphia. Enough about Carolina. Um, the game that happened in London last week, Chargers beat the Titans. You said you liked Mike Vrabel's two-point conversion call at the end of the game. I did. I did like the... Uh, he's consistent. He was aggressive. It doesn't make it good. Hold on. He was aggressive in the win against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I think we could both agree that Philadelphia's a better team than Tennessee. Absolutely. But aggressive calls got him the victory that day. It took three fourth down conversions in, in that overtime to get the win, right? Mm-hmm. And then a, and then another one on the touchdown. Mike Vrabel's forging an identity as an aggressive... Exactly. Okay. He's building a culture. Okay. And he... Um, I think when he shows faith in his guys... Mm-hmm it'll because there's not that much talent on that offense mm-hmm. it he's he's trying to motivate and inspire the best way possible and i i think a valid argument against it is you got to you got to know your team and you got to have a feel for the game of when and maybe he felt okay my, I don't think my guys can get through in overtime. I don't want to risk losing a coin toss. Let's go for so it here. So here's my counter. So Tennessee was winning the fourth quarter, okay? They I, were. It would I have was, been 10 unanswered points. I, I was frying bacon, and I was watching this <laughs> football game, and I kept thinking to myself, Tennessee is going to come back, and the Chargers are going to lose another game that they should have won. And I'm well, what's, fi- what's the other game that they lost that they should have won? Oh, you mean they have beat the Chiefs? You 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 mean this year or yeah. over the oh, last oh. five years? They okay. haven't gone to the playoffs because they've lost the the Chargers okay. from San Diego to LA. Any road, I digress. It's problematic when you look at a team that can beat you without their starting running back. Yeah, and arguably without their their best defensive lineman. And I say arguably because well. He, he hasn't been there this year, and he hasn't really done much. and, and um, But he threw for 300 yards, Philip Rivers. Had a great game, threw the, the deep ball well. Without Melvin Gordon. And the backup, I know a lot of people woke up. well. I know a lot of people woke up pissed off that Melvin Gordon was out. Just, yeah, I know I was one of them. Play. I know I was one of them. And Tennessee decided to use Deion Lewis a little bit more, and it looked like it... it, it they reverted back to what they were offense. doing early in the season yeah. with trying to uh, assert Dion Lewis as more of a, I don't want to say bell cow, uh, but just more of a guy that they can call a package for him and know that it's at least getting six yards. And they're, and they're getting those... on the right side of the chain. Because yeah. they can't operate in second and 12. No, second no, and no, nine. no. They, they don't have passing plays designed to move the chains consistently when they're second and long, third and long, no. Uh, but Dion Lewis is a buffet back. He's one of those guys like a Devontae Freeman, like a Christian McCaffrey, where he has the buffet of whatever it is you want. Interesting you say that. Is that because they're not good enough at one thing? because Ezekiel Elliott is the buffet back of the ball. If Le'Veon Bell was playing right now, he would be too. You go to the Mandarin, Uh, you go go to any buffet, you get everything that's in front of you, okay? Whatever you want. Except a solid running back. 
especially I'm talking about Christian McCaffrey, just because you threw McCaffrey in that. Because, because I'm not handing the ball off to McCaffrey 25 times and expecting to win the game. Devontae Freeman's a buffet back. If you want to line him out the, wide, the, line He's him different wide. than Christian McCaffrey. Slot back. Oh, you kind of lost me there a little bit with the Deion Lewis comparison McCaffrey. Well, because when you look at how they can be utilized in an offensive system, they have a buffet or an array of skills that whatever you're in the mood for, you can apply right. them in and plug them in into situations. There's not a lot of them. I would say that Zeke is I don't one of the best. I disagree with that, but it's... Zeke is a running back, where these other guys are playmakers in the running back position, but if they are in a mismatch because they're playing against an all-pro linebacker, mm-hmm. um, then and, and the thing is that they got to try to resort to scheme and run the ball more because mm-hmm. the passing game's not there, they're useless. I see what you're saying, and you're and Whereas you're differentiating. Z- okay. Although, look at Zeke against Washington well, when they when they set their mind. That's the thing. If this if this league continues to just shut Ezekiel Elliott down and put it on Dak Prescott's shoulders, the verdict's already out on that that case. But you know what, though, I'm not sold. Like, listen, Jason Garrett's play calling. He's I'm not, not call. He's not playing calling. Scott, Scott, Scott Linehan. Linehan. Yeah. I had a brain fart there. I okay, meant I was gonna to say, I, meant I think to say you that. missed I think you actually misspoke last week the same thing. I was like, does he think that he's no, actually no, no. calling I, the plays now? Because that's speculation. Would that like to it say was taken away versus... from Linehan going into the Detroit game. Yes. Well he's just the face of of the Because he the got banished franchise. up to the, the booth. He he was for since twenty fourteen mm-hmm. he's been mm-hmm. on the sideline calling the plays. He's been in the booth all year. Yeah. Started in, in the third week of preseason. So, so there's been speculation that Garrett's actually calling the plays. Well, okay. I don't believe it. I'm I, I'm not I'm not as far into the the, the knowledge as that. But any, any one of these backs can be applied in a collection of different ways, and we can segue nicely because I almost got my Patriots and Bears prediction correct. I called sh- Chicago, but special teams beat Chicago. Okay, and I didn't think that the Patriots were going to get their first win on. The road, and they did because they're New England. Because they scored thirty-eight points at least for the fourth game in a row. You've been and saying that these not, last couple of weeks. Well, because as far as because that offense is here, and now they did it in Chicago against the Bears at Soldier Field. Yeah, in October though. Uh, yeah. I'm, I I yeah, shouldn't you say it like the, yeah yeah I was gonna say offense. you say yeah. it like that I but yet yeah, in October means that it's only two one two or three weeks removed from their second silly. preseason right silly it, it, and it's silly to think about They're it humming, because bro. yeah clicking it's, all yeah. cylinders it's watch Josh Gordon explode this week against Buffalo well I mean Monday night didn't didn't he have a hundred yard game it's coming didn't didn't he have a hundred he did yard game? but I'm just saying watch the explosion game coming. oh that Monday it's coming it's going that's gonna be one of the worst matchups in the last I don't know how long of. Monday night. How, how how does the NFL not move that matchup? How do they that's, not move that? that to well, Sunday? because because uh, you know why? Because Kansas City has got the. I was last, say because like, Kansas City's already played two Sunday night games yeah, in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, that's but, funny. But, but there's no reason why the NFL says we're okay with that. That's who's funny. starting for Buffalo? Ooh, did, can, da- can, can we get Dallas off the bye week <laughs> yeah. and throw them in prime time? That'll get us rating. <laughs> Um, so Chicago, I'm not sure if you're ready to be where I am about Mitchell Trubisky, like, but I, I think he's a very, very good quarterback and he's flirting with great. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So bro, did you see how he moves outside the pocket? Yeah. He's athletic. I don't care what defense you're playing. He's got excellent pocket. He's got excellent pocket presence. He has excellent poise and presence wherever he is behind the line of scrimmage. And then he runs showing that he has presence after lunch. I just... I'm looking at him through a microscope because I've been so high on him, and I don't even know why. I just feel that he has it. Can That's I just can I can I crush what you just said? If you want, 
0-2 against the game film. Yeah, but when you look at what he's able to do on Sunday... I, I, I'm, I just, not, I'm not dismissing that. A sophomore quarterback, too? Like, was that a big game for Chicago? Do you think... They do you think they put emphasis on that leading up to it that this is this is our sta- this is our bounce back week after this is our statement coming our how all that raw raw shit do you think that was the the scenario playing out leading up to that game because I pro I like I mean it's hard to believe that it wasn't yeah and and now is it yeah it's hard is to believe it, that it wasn't yeah is it easier to bounce back because like you said maybe they got beat by special teams like it was a special teams game and and really they came down to about six inches from. From tying or from being a, an extra point kick away from tying it at the end with that beautiful hair, hail mary pass. I just think that if Kevin White realizes that he's he a pretty did. good football player and wow. he realizes that the last four years let's keep him were healthy, just like a fluke. Yeah, he hasn't been able to stay on the the field. I've seen him Look, drop a lot when he's out there with too. with Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen in the backfield with Trubisky growing, and I they're they're trending upward. Is Allen Robinson is Allen Robinson soul. going to play well? Because if the answer is yes, I don't. I think they're. All, I would say that they're, they're division just, favorites in my opinion. Oh my god! If if bro, if they're did you forget that the Vikings are in that division? Come on, bro. I, I'm, okay. All right. I'll, I'll see you at the end of the okay. year. Well, uh, I know that one seems like the easy pick. I know it does. It, well, I would say the easy pick is is putting your faith in in December in the best quarterback in the league. And, and expecting Aaron Rodgers to ruffle some feathers in that division. I want to... But I'm all about Minnesota despite my my uh, non-belief in the dead-arm dancing quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Do you want to segue into that with my... <laughs> I mean, it was... <laughs> I, it's just the... It's a Vikings-Jets game. It was... Do you have any there wasn't major anything, takeaway? Like, yeah, there wasn't anything re- I really remarkable just, about I it. I want to get to this Baltimore-New Orleans game. We will. That's okay. the next one on the, the docket. Okay. Now... The only thing remarkable about this football game is Adam Thielen. I mean, I said last Seven week games he, in a row, uh, hundred yards. He remi- I said last week he reminds me of Chris Carter because of the way in which he's able to get open and how the ball sticks to his hands regardless of situation or circumstance. Yeah, I, I don't know who's been a better receiver and a more consistent receiver in a purple jersey since Chris oh, Carter. Oh. Think about that, man. That's twenty years. Find find me. Hey, I don't want to take anything away from Greg Jennings. Mm -mm. I want to take anything away from Adam Thielen because he's in beast mode right now. Um, Listen, I might be freaking out. He scores touchdowns too. It's I don't like comparisons. To be perfectly honest, it 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 puts too much uh, bias. Like you can you can create a bias that way. Yeah, if you're comparing him to a player that you like. You yeah, can create a bias enough. in the opposite direction if you mm. if you write a guy off and you and all of a sudden you think Blake Vanderesh is going to be Bobby Carton, Carpenter two point and you're just and then yeah, and then so now I you're just see, looking for the guy to make mistakes. So I see what you mean, but all that I mean is from a production and a quality and a consistency standpoint in a purple jersey. I just don't know receivers that have. I just um, don't know receivers that have made it, it, he. It is a hard nail to hit on the head in terms of it in a comparison. I I chose to compare him to Jason Witten just because he's a technician with the route running. The ever there's no wasted movements. There's everything has a purpose. He uh, he runs routes like the best way. No, okay, this is the best way to put it. Um, 
when you're a freak athlete your whole life, when you get to a certain level, when you just look around and you know that mm-hmm. you're better than everyone else, yep. the, what's the first thing that happens to your um, attention to detail with basics? goes out the window. Yeah. When you're an undrafted free agent, and let's face it, you're white. And he's a hometown kid, so don't forget, he, he bleeds that state. That's true. That goes into the uh, the heart and the motivation factor. I'm talking more about just work ethic from a guy mm-hmm. that has always had to be the hardest worker to have the opportunity to prove his skill set. And when that's the case, you become obsessed with the fundamentals and you never leave them. You never leave your attention to them. And when it's game time, what do you what do you go to? You go to your your tool bag, and when it's as sharpened as his with the with the fundamentals, that there and the you, proof's in the pudding. Look at you know what I mean. It's a it's it's a perfect argument for efficiency yes. from any football player, any position. So he had nine catches on ten targets. If well, I was if I was better at this whole podcast thing, I would have figured out how many targets he's had compared to how many catches and given a percentage. If because I was efficiency is incredible. If I was better at this podcast thing, I would stop comparing everything to what I know best. But where would Des Bryant be if he had the work ethic and attention to detail that Adam Thielen did? Wow. That's food for thought. Those are the type this is that's, that's what this podcast is about. That's, right there. So that's food for thought because when you think about that's the, the hunger and the heart and the drive yeah. of any position of any player, you and, really stop and think about what does it take to be great? And let me just be clear. The last thing that I'm doing is questioning Des Bryant's work ethic. No, you're just comparing it's, the concept of if he had the attention to detail in the Focus of fundamentals, where would he be? Because if he was the route runner that Adam Thielen is, with that with athletic his ability, traits, and now, like now, don't forget he had knee issues over his career. Tendonitis has creeped up. Father Time I, is undefeated. The but concept is a unique and an interesting one to think about because it he would, would be, still be playing. It would football. be uh, a, a much easier thing for me to wrap my head around. Uh, him or having faith in him being able to do the Larry Fitz and uh, turn or an Anquan Bolden and turn into a slot receiver, big body, and work the middle of the field for the rest of your career. And they adapted quite well. So Minnesota won handily in that game, and yeah. they they're they're rolling now. Yeah. So what what do you think about Justin Tucker doing something that he's never done before in his career? Miss an extra point. It, it's crazy. Um, Did you see Chris that press Col- conference afterwards? If Chris Collinsworth... No, I didn't actually. But if Chris Collinsworth was calling this game, I would have assumed that he made a huge, grand, glorious <laughs> point about how, well, th- let's get to overtime because he's never missed one of these. And and result, right? Um, but I think the, the main thing to take away from this game... And it could be because I'm a Cowboys fan and I'm I'm stressed on clock management mm-hmm. with what happened in my game. Mm-hmm. But when New Orleans gets the ball back with uh, around four minutes left in mm-hmm. the game, they're up they're up three. What does uh, Sean Payton do? Does he play not to lose? Mm-hmm. Does he try to just run clock off? No. 
He looks at the piece of paper that's been in his hand the same, like all game, and he and he uses that information. He and he runs his goddamn offense. And he calls plays that it's can still put the ball in the end zone. Fucking infuriating how this guy can be so many leagues above the rest of this fucking league. To again, and they only got the three, but it pushed it to a seven point lead on the road, and you you then get rewarded for your doing your job to the best of your ability with not being a chicken shit pussy and actually calling your playbook on the road against the best defense in the league. Cause I'm calling them that. And I mean, Baltimore looked good. And I mean, Baltimore looked like one of the better teams in the AFC <laughs> they and did. they look like they're a top five team and, in the AFC. And now I feel justified for being all over the saints when it kind of looks shaky with the defense early. Cause they just went and did that on the road against that defense. And that's a conversation to be had for two reasons. The first one is is that New Orleans has so much to prove because of how their season ended last year with the Case Keenum bomb, and, and, and right? Yeah. St- Stephon Diggs, just that miracle, right? And the second reason is because of what you just said. Baltimore has the best defense in, in football. But Baltimore's offense, Joe Flacco, 279, two touchdowns, no picks. If Joe Flacco begins to play really good football, well, he, and whoa, he's... Whoa. Jo- Listen, John He's Brown been playing good football. Okay, but if he begins to play consistent good, if it can, good football, if it, it, let's say if the trend continues, John Brown, Michael Crabtree, Willie Sneed, amazing that those guys were the guys that all three of them they hit. But you know bang, what? Bang, bang, bang. Sometimes GMs figure it out, and I'll tell you something about Ozzie Ozzie Newsom. Ozzie Newsom's a stud. Is there anybody else who can figure it out? But he hasn't had a receiver in there, and they offered Des a contract. Too. Okay, in the very small amount of time that we spoke before I hit record mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. You said something interesting that I I'm going to continue to evaluate <laughs> okay, what was about that? something that a listener told you mm. about just a little food for thought of our like for ourselves about right. Don't feel obligated to tell the listeners everything that you think you know. Right. So I'm going to tap the brakes a little bit on the way I'm going to word this. Okay. But you just mentioned Ozzie Newsom. Okay. Talking about hitting on like hitting on some middle of the pack talent, yeah, which is improving the overall talent of the team beyond a middle of the pack talented team. Yeah. Um Ozzy's last year. Yeah. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Just a little food for thought. Eh? NFL is a weird place. Inch. Could we have seen a preview of the Super Bowl? Inch. On this past Sunday? Oh, it's just, I see what you did there. Because cause I... So who were some of those picks? So Orlando Brown went, fell to the third round, and right. a guy whose dad was, was one of the most say, there's, dominant there's, offensive forces on the line. There's a bloodline... Uh, connection there Jer- with that franchise. Jer- his arms are as long as a kitchen know, table. Like, it's incredible. See, and, and it's funny how, funny how I was just talking about fate and destiny and that guy just happened to have the worst combine of all time and he, falls into the base. 13 or 14 reps at 325 pounds he weighed. And look where he fell. Almost perfect. Things happen for a reason. I've got Drew Brees going out at the end of the year on top. It just seemed... I, I, it worked uh, for Elway. It happened to fall in line for Peyton. Didn't work out for Favre. Didn't work out for Romo. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, there's there's many I'm stories, about... but I like the way it's set up right now All for right. Drew Brees to end properly. So, a New Orleans, so that means that Baltimore would beat New England in the AFC Championship. And what I find interesting is how similar... Pardon? Oh, I'm I'm going. I'm just going through my head. Yeah, I find it interesting how similar the receiving core is in Baltimore as it was in 2012 when That's... he won, because they got the Anquan Bolden or the John the who's Michael po- Crabtree, right? Who's playing as well as they got was since 2012. And then wasn't Tory Holt on, on on that team in 2000 and 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 12? I'm gonna have to keep my bro- my brother in law from listening to this podcast because he's a diehard Ravens fan, and I haven't given I haven't given him any sort of legs to Super stand Bowl on this this eh? year. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare tell him that. No, in October. no, no. But that's a but it's just, bit of a drop. It, yeah, okay. It's just kind of weird how I was thinking about the right way to tip the cap to Ozzie Newsome, right. which I mean, it's very easy to do. He's a very accomplished NFL GM. Um, but it is he goes out in style. Similar to Ray Lewis in 2012, almost. The NFL, and there's another another one to add to my point that it just there's story there's some certain storylines that just seem to line up. The NFL Network loves this stuff, eh? Because they'll turn it into one of the best feature films you've ever seen, or they'll turn it into one of the best documentaries. That's a skill. I love it. Oh my god, that's a skill. When you look at the history of what the Sables were able to do, right? Yeah. Senior and, and junior, they're both, may they rest in peace. Yeah. NFL Films is unbelievable. The archive footage, when you get to watch stuff that's in black and white, yeah. I get to watch Autogram for it's the, the best Jim part, Brown. It's the best part of offseason. It's the coolest thing. I've and, heard. I've actually heard that argued that NFL Network's better in the offseason. Oh my gosh. There's Because so it is kind of watered down in, in this, like... But just, in, yeah, I, it's hard to disagree but there's so much original content that comes well, off of the nfl network that for every bit eat up. of stuff that i don't want to listen to on there there's the good morning footballs that are great there's oh, the the top tens how good i've the top seen tens every are good. top 10 for Did you know that's right and again side tangent uh i want to talk about cleveland and tampa bay because Cle- cleveland, cleveland look good cleveland get, looks like they can be a resilient football team well, what, that's what i said right that, that they were going to be a tough out baker throws a, 215 yards he doesn't light it up two touchdowns but he doesn't throw any picks now he, he the ball didn't the ball did get a little bit they slippery had a chance in, in overtime but yep it's nick chubb 18 touches 80 yards one, one touchdown that carlos high trade it looks like they wanted to give chubb more touches and it was those stats don't tell the whole story. I agree. Because Chubb didn't look great. No, he didn't. And 18 and yards. Duke Johnson did nothing. He had one carry for minus four yards. He's, ava- he's, he's available in a lot of fantasy football leagues now. ESPN, Yahoo, yeah, across the board. I think he'll stay that way. Um, <laughs> Jarvis Landry, uh, uh, 10 catches, 97 yards. He's producing the same way he did in Miami. Yep. Catching, catching footballs and not scoring touchdowns. I agree. Well, he did get a, a touchdown on Sunday. He did. However... Um, fifteen targets, second on the year. Um, I think I don't know. Well, this is this is feelings, not facts. That's, so that's true. Um, fifteen targets though, so it's like Baker and him are are, are almost boys. Um, David Njoku had six <sighs> targets coming in behind him. David Njoku looked yeah, he, okay, but he's he's yeah, a difficult he a fantasy banged, start. I think he got a little banged up too. I started him last week actually. He's he's a difficult start because you just he is, but I I can't trust Gronk. Um. Side note, I didn't know that Cleveland picked up Brashad Perriman that Baltimore had finally waived because... Yeah, they're just so deep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, jokes. <laughs> jokes. We, we like to have fun, folks. 
Um, any other games mean anything to you? Like, I mean, Sunday Chiefs night, and Bengals. Sunday night was which, great. Yeah, but Chiefs and Bengals, does that mean anything? It no. just means that Patrick Mahomes no, is just, a Madden character, and Cincinnati is above average. Yeah, Mahomes is a creative quarterback. Um, he, he's incredible. It's like Elon Musk designed him in some laboratory or something with some, you know? Like he's an AI. It's like a peculiar... <laughs> Come on, bro. Don't, don't, don't do it. But listen. Don't do it. The I, Giants I are a fire sale. L- listen. Everybody... Okay, so do you think the Giants and John Gruden and Oakland are having a conversation about, look, like... There's side bets in the, in the, in the GM in the GM uh, fantasy league. Both of these teams. Wouldn't it? Hold on a second. Wouldn't it be some funny shit that there was a select group of ten NFL actual GMs that also played fantasy football, and John Gruden was killing them in their ten. Can you he's, imagine if first round picks first... mean like a hundred points, and if you get more first round picks, it's worth like a hundred points in their league? So these GMs are just shitting kittens. They're shitting kittens right now because John Gruden is just running away with it. First prize is like a hundred grand. Oh or something. my god, that is so oh, funny. Probably not, but I mean, it's funny oh. to think about. No, oh. but <coughs> so collapse a lung there. So the Giants are a, a red hot mess, and I think the thought did they of- draft a quarterback. <laughs> I think it gets. But I'm covered in tears here. I'm dying. I don't. I don't understand how this team doesn't at least make a play for a quarterback. Uh, I said last week that Kyle <sighs> Lauletta should play football, and he should. But now I now there's, think they now, there's just, Eli, now there's Eli trade talk. You better hope it's not for your team. Don't even talk to me about that, okay? There's gonna be some CFL team that's gonna get n- number oh. ten, okay? Don't even get me started on that. Doesn't John Gruden have some CFL picks too? He probably does, man. Are you kidding me? He's, he's got a third round in the Canadian Football it's League. It's more draft. likely than him being first place in fantasy football league. Wouldn't it be just amazing? I, I really do want to just like go to bed tonight with the thought that John Gr- John Gruden's an excellent fantasy football GM. He kills it. He's all over the waiver wire. He's making trades left and right. Bro, he's probably still in. Or leagues. no, wait, no, even better. He doesn't do that in fantasy. <laughs> he actually drafts well. Yo, John Gruden's probably the guy in fantasy football who you offer a trade to, and he just lets it expire and doesn't accept or decline it. That's amazing. He's just the greasiest. He just That's waits. amazing. While in public, he's collecting real first round picks, waiting for the deadline. <laughs> just waiting for it to expire. How many hours do I got left? No, but but we have fun here. Is uh, is I John Madden? Is John Madden? John, oh, is John? Say, let's go is, back a little bit. I think it was that voice, Chucky. Is John Gruden going to have the last laugh? Because he's he's got a ten year contract. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. He's got a ten year contract. He's got five first round picks over the next two years, as of right now. Anonymous sources said out of the Oakland locker room, and these were players that they're wondering if. He wants to win later and build right now. So they, these are our players well, uh, who spoke anonymously and you're said... still wondering that? I think that's pretty prevalent. But what I'm saying is, is they stated publicly that the feeling in the locker room is that they don't want to win right now. Oh. They want to collect picks and win later, uh, while players who are on the roster want to so win right So how do right guys feel like... How does Marshawn Lynch feel now that he's potentially going to the IR late in his career? Oh, man. On Stuck on a dead-end team that... Bro, but he, he's hanging out in Oakland laughing the same right now time, with all of his with, with all When his they friends. make that move to Vegas and all of a sudden they hit on a couple first round picks and they got studs, that's I mean, that's it's that a, desert, remember it's a business. Exp- it is a that business. desert experiment. That desert experiment can go in a lot of different directions. What I will say about Oakland is that they are having an absolute identity crisis, but that it's not the team, it's the leadership of said team. 
the, because Reggie, at both McKenzie, levels, the yes. quarterback, McKenzie, and Gruden. So the general manager and the coach, the McKenzie and Gruden. There's reports that they're not in conversation about personnel moves. Well, they're not. They're, that John they're, Gruden has his own little cadre of supporters and football minds with whom he consults. The best part about the Murray Cooper trade is that apparently Philly offered a second, and Oakland wasn't valuing it because they felt it's essentially a third because it's a late second. Okay. Right, so they didn't really they there was no conversation between McKenzie and Gruden. Then Dallas is made aware of it. They offer the first. Apparently, Oakland doesn't think even if they with the trade, they're not like it's going to be outside of a top ten pick. So they jump on it, and McKenzie goes down to the practice field, says to Gruden, the "Cowboys are offering first. and he said, "Well, then do it." And then he said. For Amari Cooper. I'm not making a joke right now. He that was the way that the story was written. He offered the pick he, he, before the player. and when He, he accepted heard, the he accepted the pick before knowing who the player. Was. That makes me wonder who else is on the block. Is Jared Cook on the block for a one? Is, how many are on an active roster? 53? How are they getting... How is the, There's 53 blocks. How are the Raiders getting ones at, at will when... Snacks Harrison is getting a fifth. Uh, Eli Apple is getting a fifth in return. Well, Eli Apple's been suspect, and Snacks he has, Harrison is he getting has a little has bit been, old. But I mean, he's a first like, round draft pick. He couldn't cover Julio Jones w- with a king bed sheet; like uh, it was bad. Not many can. Okay, but you know what I'm trying to say. I to do. He's not going to garner, not he's not gonna to... garner a, a, a Patrick Peterson, right? I understand it. It's just, and I understand Same the quality as Patrick Peterson. Like Gil Brandt's thoughts on it mm-hmm. softened my overreaction on when I heard the news at work, and um, his thoughts were that Dallas has basically made up their minds they're coveting a first round pick next year. They didn't like the talent coming out of the draft at wide receiver, so why not trade a one for a wide receiver that's only six months older than Kelvin Ridley has already gone to two Pro Bowls. And has thirty six career touchdowns. So wait, is I that, like that logic. Yes, but is that the way you justify getting hosed in a trade? Because a first round pick I, for Amari Cooper, the way in I which agree. that trade went I'm down, the, there's no reason why. Listen, Philadelphia offered a second for a reason. Yeah, I agree. Don't forget what I said on Armchair GM last week. Last week, you said it. You said that you had to do your research and you weren't comfortable about it from start to finish. I don't think he's better than Des Bryant. And I was the one tra- right now? I was the one oh, trashing no. Des Bryant, bro. Oh, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's better than Des Bryant? He's leagues better he, than Des Bryant right now. He had 14 drops last year. I don't care if he had 20 drops. Everybody in the their kid mo- can play and he's Everybody in their mom was ready to was 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 basically uh, calling for Des's head during the season and then there was some Remorse when he actually got cut, but a lot of Cowboys Nation was okay, cool, and he and, and the the world was set on fire, freaking out that he had nine drops. Mark Cooper had fourteen. Cooper runs the route tree well, man. Des Des better runs better three ru- routes in an okay fashion. Two routes, really. Okay. He runs a nine and a slant. And yeah, you might throw in the button hook at about Maybe. ten yards. So and because I say that because I. Don't have confidence in Dak to throw him open, to read the the route correctly. That okay at the top of the route, he's he's got the leverage to the outside or the inside where the route is going. Is that Cooper that you, you don't trust or Dak? That's a fair well, question. Well, I'm not trusting either one of them 
to show some sort of chemistry because I haven't seen any chemistry out of the receivers that they have, and they had a whole offseason together. If I'm Cole Beasley right now... So what's a bye week going to do? If I'm Cole Beasley right now... I'd be pissed too. I, I, I would be looking at Jerry Jones and being like, I know I'm short, but do you not see me? If I'm Michael Gallup, though, I'm licking my lips. Well, Michael Gallup should be the one who benefits the most That's out what I'm of saying. this. Because coming out of Colorado, he was a stud. You're looking at somebody who came out of Bama and was a stud. Yeah. If you can't learn anything from that, you can't... You know what I mean? Like I hear you. There's, it's um, it's interesting though. Any, uh, I don't want to do a full rundown of all of the games next week, but I just want to pick your brain on a couple to keep our eye on, and mm-hmm. we can rapid fire some yeah some gut feelings. Cause uh, gotta wrap this one up uh, a little quicker than normal. So, are the Browns Steelers anything to shake a stick at? Like, if Cleveland beats Pittsburgh on Sunday at one o'clock, because look, Cleveland's two and seventeen at at Heinz Field. I think Steelers nobody can angry this week, but nobody wins at Heinz Field, and Cleveland looks like I mean they are dedicated to tying football games. So <laughs> that's funny. So I just, but you know what though, you have been saying about Baker being special. He is special, and but whenever it's somebody who's kind special. Of- Fizzled a little bit. It's almost like there's game tape out now. So you so it's funny your tone when you say that about him, but you're not buying in on it on Trubisky. And there's not even four games yet on Mayfield. It's different. Trubisky is different. If you're starting a franchise, if you're starting a franchise tomorrow, who are you taking? Who's your, who's your franchise quarterback? I love the question, and I'm taking Trubisky. And do you know why? It has more to do about the physical attributes than it does the intangibles at that point. Okay, now I gotta at go. That point. I gotta go there. If you're starting a franchise today, are you taking Deshaun Watson or Mitchell Trubisky? I'm taking Deshaun Watson because of if you're what starting he's a, want. If you're starting a franchise Deshaun today, Deshaun Watson taking, over. Are you taking Biscuit or are you taking Mahomes? Hold on a second now. Hold on a second. I view Pat Mahomes as being a little bit better than Deshaun Watson. He's just a little skinnier and a little bit leaner. So, so I'm taking Pat Mahomes. But I see them as so being similar. So you do agree that the Bears traded up two drafts ago and picked the wrong quarterback twice? Is that what you're telling me? Taking him at two and leaving Mahomes to get to 12, I would say. And leaving Watson to get to nine? To get, yeah, or 10, yeah. Or 10, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I. I don't think it was the wrong move because Trubisky has played like a number two quarterback. Blake Bortles was drafted at number three. Bro, and tell me who has performed. I'm just saying, when you go back and listen to this podcast, okay. you're, going to, you're going to hear what I just did there. Fair enough. But you're asking me about a general manager move as far as the draft is concerned. And I would say I that know. he's proven to be worth a number two. Uh, okay. That's what I'm saying. So then Watson and Mahomes have proven to be a number one. Oh, that's an even that that. Mm, I would I'm say, on one. I would say that <laughs> that's a really fair question. Actually, I would say that Watson and Mahomes have shown that they're top five picks. <laughs> I would definitely say that. There's no way to to go around it. Watson, his first 14 games before he got hurt were as good as Carson Wentz. They were. They had some of like the best stretches together. Okay, but. This week, we were digressing about Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Who do you see taking that game? You see Pittsburgh at home? Yeah, I'm, I'm confident in Pittsburgh for the f- first time this season. Like, yeah. Okay. That, that's actually an in- uh, Yeah. That's certainty. It's taken me seven or 
No, eight weeks to be confident in the Steelers? That's kind of wild. So, I'm Just a go, little food for thought. So, I'm going to go out on a limb here, okay? Yep. And this is going to be a freakout and an over-exaggeration and whatever. Okay. But, I think that Green Bay beats St. Louis. Beats L.A. Beats the Rams. You love, I you think love calling the Chargers, the San Diego, and no, the Rams, the, St. The, Louis. The, the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so and it's gonna be the and same way. And Van out of BYU. LA. Oh, well, <laughs> convinced that he he played there. Um, but yeah, no, they're gonna get their first loss, man. Uh, okay, Bay, I'm gonna have Bay to ask for a little bit of, a, of an explanation. First loss. So what because I because like, I I'm not there. Before Green, Green Bay going into their, okay, listen. Before Green Bay goes into their bye, they have an incredible comeback, right? This might Against be one of those picks. San Francisco. Of, okay? This might be one of your picks of the week where I put money on the opposite. Fair. Because I did that last week with New Fair. England. I was like, oh, Mike, confident in Chicago. I'm slamming the Pats. Did you really? Yeah. You must have. Well, Two fifty American down on. Oh me. my god. Um, four point spread for Brady against Biscuit. Really? Against Brady Biscuit. Four point spread against Biscuit. Cool. So. <laughs> It, and it was tighter than I wanted once, you know, that fourth quarter got a little late in the clock and, and that 14-point lead went away. But, yeah. So, as far as the league rankings are concerned, and I have the stats here in case you don't believe me, the Packers just happen to have the fourth-ranked defense in comparison to the Rams, which are 13th. Is that... In yards game. Yards. Okay. Not so, scoring defense or no, total no, no, defense. No, 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 no. It doesn't say so, the Cowboys are fourth in total So Aaron Rodgers is a part of the 13th best offense in football, whereas the Rams have the first best offense in football. Yes. And you know what? The Rams have been able to win because if teams stop Goff, Todd Gurley runs wherever he wants. And if they put eight in the box, Jared Goff throws the ball wherever he wants. Okay? To Brandon Cooks, to Woods, to whomever. I think on Sunday... I think the Packers figure out a blitz package to get to Goff. Okay. And I think that Todd Gurley is contained. Okay. I think he gets 20 touches, a touchdown, and like 90-ish yards. Okay. But I think that Aaron Rodgers goes off. My analysis of this game okay. may or may not make sense. Okay. But my thought is that Todd Gurley has seven more points scored this season than the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Bills. I love that stat. Isn't it I amazing? I love it. I heard it that on the fantasy football podcast. And, and as far as and Green I Bay's defense is, is, is concerned, they are susceptible. Sus- they're suspect. They, they made C.J. Beathard look very serviceable. Certainly they are. Any and other games? That I find interesting. Besides the Sunday nighter, because... I was just going to say that that one... We, that's we the game of the week. About. Yeah, we, we, we have to talk about it, but... Revenge game? Um... It has to be. Or is it a validation game? No. Where do you where do you slide to? It's revenge because that's your narrative going you, into it. You're you, looking for the Saints to to look like the team that's pissed and they want to prove that they should have been the team to advance to beat Philly. Well, it's almost like they signed another cornerback because they know they have to beat a team that has depth at to receiver. Interesting. Like Stephon Diggs and and, and I still think that move happens if they're not playing the Vikings this week though. Oh my gosh, I don't think it's in response oh, to that. Oh, okay, I think okay, it's okay. In it's just perfect timing. To the other best teams in the NFC having depth. They better. You know what? The Saints better hope that Eli Apple doesn't get roasted in his first game there. Otherwise, that change of scenery just went out the window in one one week. And I feel like the psychology of the situation is like, do you remember when he got drafted out of Ohio State? There was all this conversation about his mom and mm-hmm. stuff, and like his mother had like a, a, a significant influence in his life yeah there's anything wrong with that no, I don't no, know. No. my mom you love yours but it just it just comes down to the dynamic of i think there's a story about his stepdad 
not being the best uh, advisor either. Interesting. If I remember correctly. Interesting. It's just unique to think about what's going to happen when things aren't going well because they're not going well right now. And I'm truly hoping that he's such a good Ohio State corner. I, I, I mean, he played against great talent. He was on Zeke's team. Yep. But anyway, we digress. Let's hope that the Saints get their man because they're a Super Bowl c- contender. And the defense needs to play just a little bit better. Despite me being all about all over the Saints mm-hmm. for the long term, mm-hmm. I am actually going to fall in the favor of the the storyline that comes out of that game is that the Vikings look like the team that were poised to validate their victory from last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mainly because I sighed early in the season with potential playoff matchups with the team that I don't necessarily have going the distance. I get, yeah. You know what I mean? I like do. That's why I thought the, the, I the Chiefs were going to beat the Patriots a couple weeks ago because I, I thought that Bilicek would, would be like, show me what you got on tape so that I can beat it later. Whereas it was, we're going to we're gonna show the league mm-hmm. how to beat you, and I'm going to evaluate the rest of the league's tape on you to see what they learned from me, and I'll reevaluate when we play again in the playoffs. Because that's basically got to be a foregone conclusion in Belichick's mind at this point. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to face that team again. And if I don't, then, then they chiefed themselves and went out in the... F- Oh, I don't know how he doesn't see that because he's going to see them finishing one two, and he's going to see them being both yeah in, in in the top tier, getting first round buys. There's no other games that tickle my, my fancy. Uh, Carol Carolina Baltimore. She um, that's a good game. Yeah, it that, looks like it could be, be a def- it could be a yeah. defensive struggle, but it could also be a barn burner that you don't expect. I feel like those two teams, whenever they play, maybe it was because it had that. Uh, that Steve Smith element to it a couple years ago, yeah. like the, you know, the the return home game or whatever. Um, and it just always seemed to be a, a shootout. But those teams might be a, a weird contrast matchup where it's strength on strengths and weakness against weakness. I don't see... I don't see... Or the, the complete opposite, because I don't really love the Carolina wide receiver core, and I love the Ravens secondary. It's probably I, the best in the league. I just don't know what to expect. A 4-3 and three team against a 4-2 and two team, they both have so much to play for insofar as their divisions are concerned, and an out-of-conference matchup means that you prepare a little bit differently because there's less familiarity, right? You prepare in a more general fashion. Carolina's... Uh continued tough schedule is just like it's just getting into the heart of it now it, it they got a tough one man they got a tough one if so carolina goes to the playoffs it's gonna be i'll be shocked they won gritty and they won hard games uh, they, like, it's i was sorry i shouldn't be i, I shouldn't say that no, i would be shocked, shocked yeah but i had them as the team like whatever that stat is about four teams from every year's previous playoff uh crop yeah four teams the next year don't make it and i had the Panthers as being one of those NFC teams, mm. it might... Uh, I don't want to throw it out there. It might be a, another team with wings not named the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I, who knows, though? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But uh, as far as other matchups go, there's nothing that tickles my fancy. All right, well, because of that, there's going to be 
probably seven fantastic games this weekend, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have a whole bunch of different storylines to break down next week, and and you know what I mean, things to react to, and uh, this is probably the closest week of having a uh, a fairly accurate grasp of what to expect. Like I said earlier, I think it was uh, off mic with you that the only uh, the only two that I got wrong last week were our teams, Jacksonville and Dallas. I had every other game right, so I'm not I'm not in a position to admit my picks currently. <laughs> they went I that, think it's starting they went to that well. It's starting to turn into a little bit of a lopsided in my. Uh, uh, it's almost might, almost double digits, brother. Might have had four wrong. You uh, might have doubled me as far as incorrects go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at I'm at nine for the season tally on our on our head to head. Oh boy. For the weeks, yeah. There's been a couple oh three weeks and But it's it's only week eight. We're at the so. we're at the mid season, so fair enough. And it's not about getting picks right, it's just about talking pigskin. We both love football and lots of other people do, so you better be uh tuning in, listen to the podcast and uh get those questions in. Hit us up on Twitter at talking underscore pigskin. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week and, uh, enjoy the football action this Sunday. Everybody take care and have a good weekend. All right. Peace out. What time are you? Huh? I'll be editing that out. Did you turn it off? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I was looking at it. Nope, rolling. Like, no, you, yeah, you Peace didn't. out, y'all.